Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start this show. Hey, uh, we're, we're all back together. Nobody's in Hawaii anymore, which is good for us, but, but sad, sad for, sad for Kevin, I think. Good for my wallet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) we're glad you, you came back the same way you went, I suppose. (laughs) That's, that's what we like to hear that. No, that's not true. I mean, if it had been a transformational experience, that's, that's fun too, but maybe not in that way island time didn't transform you into a whole new person yeah yeah not not ready to just like you know be like nope i'm putting all my money on on the 50th state and yeah as max indicated what's that called mahalo okay yeah what hang loose mahalo i don't know Oh, there boy. you go. He's an ex. He's an expert on the state already. Oh boy, we're we're only. This is only making us look like marginally, uh, marginally smaller group of doofuses than what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we are we're really stepping into a minefield on this one. Um, well, I mean, I disagree because I think we've we've discussed this before, and we are at a particular impasse culturally um regarding this this situation so and i think that that there there is a difference and and we have to decide where or discuss where we are in the continuum yeah so so i guess it, to take it into the uh the the parlance of <laughs> one of the great scourges of our college years uh college acb um <laughs> I, I think you you summarize today's episode as is tipping broken discuss. Um, I'll I'll give a little a little bit more because I think it's it is obviously more nuanced than that. Correct. I have had a couple of occasions recently. One was a pretty typical like kind of fancy sandwich shop restaurant this was in denver and then also in atlanta a a brewery that also does food um what they have done is they both have one has a point of sale system at a counter and the other has everything is through the app the menus through the app and stuff and then people come to your table based off of that what they both did that was similar is they are automatically adding like 20 percent to all bills um, with a statement that this is um, in support of paying a living living wage to their staff. And you can, at least in the case of this place in Atlanta, the brewery, they also say tipping beyond that is, is optional, but we want to make sure our staff is, is compensated. What can is can notable, you opt out of that? No, that is built in. Um, so they, so, and this is important, is they are adding this this service fee essentially on top of their the products that they have essentially, um, and then anything beyond that is optional for you. But you don't necessarily know that. Well, you you know that when you're when you're ordering that that is true. 
Um, but this is different, and this is kind of consistent with something that I think we've all dealt with over the last couple of years, which is you are <laughs> there was no cash for a while, and a lot of times you'd run into point of sale systems that are are digital, um, you know, Square, um, a, a number of different ones. But you you go and the the big buttons pop up on the screen afterwards, and it's like twenty twenty five percent whatever else type they're of thing. so big they're big enough that anyone in the line behind you can see which button you're pressing <laughs> or alternatively as, as i know kevin and i experienced it at a at a breakfast place in Asheville. the other thing now is with those point of sale systems you might be in line to order food and then go sit down and wait for it and they say at the end would you like to tip 20 percent for the staff's excellent service today before you have gotten any food or anything like that and just to say from the start, I, 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 I actually want to to do this for for the service that people are doing. I do appreciate it, but it gets kind of weird when it's like, hey, you got to do this. I really need you to do this because my life depends on it. Yeah. yeah so if, if for me, the number one thing that sticks out um, after you mentioned that is that for me, a lot of a big problem comes with places where I have to tip before I have the service and to yeah. me that kind of takes away uh uh the the point that, I mean it, it's it's kind of the point of tipping but it's also just supposed to be this built-in thing you do which I get based on how much money the the, the service workers make but for example in Hawaii we went to a coffee shop and ordered our coffee and you know I did I gave the the normal tip and then we sat there for 40 minutes to get our coffee drinks and there was no indication anywhere that it was going to be that long and you know i would <laughs> yeah i guess except for the aloha time um and that's a situation where i would probably have been upset with the service and not tipped um and but you tip before you get served so that uh, that rubs me the wrong way yeah i i would say i'm if I had to guess, I'm probably of the four of us, like the most sort of opposed to the tipping system being a thing. Um, just because I, I think it's, uh, I think it's a dumb thing that we've allowed businesses to push large chunks of their cost onto their customers. Um, and, and I think this is, this is making this even worse. Like, these these point of sale things that automatically prompt you you know to to select a, a certain percentage of tip like if you were attempting to run a sort of skunk works campaign to you know to gin up backlash against tipping as an approach to to how we do like the service business like you couldn't draw it up better than this yeah, so I think what what is interesting about this, in in Max as someone who who has been in this industry and I think has benefited from from tips and you know is is happy about that. I think what I'm noticing is different here in some of the hangups are the wrong words, but challenges are to Kevin's point. We're not tipping on the service. We're not tipping on the experience. Like when you when you sit in a coffee shop for when people sit and do work there, like. 
you might do that ahead of time, but you know what you're getting. It's like, I'm going to be here for a while. I'm using this space. But this is like built in. Like you are, it is an added cost for entry, basically. Um, and, and I think that that is weird because we're kind of not used to that like it being built in to say nothing of of if it's good or not that people are being compensated for working in not ideal circumstances sometimes i think that that's good but from a consumer experience this is very different than the norm yeah i'm not sure if you had a question there or not i mean i well, think having it, it is, built in yeah is You're, probably in the, a step in the right direction in the sense that if you then eliminate the assumption that there will be an additional tip, mm-hmm. right? Like if you just have a note at the bottom of your menu that says, ideally, mm-hmm. you know, our food is marked up because we pay our employees a living wage. Like a tip is not expected, but highly appreciated. So, and then there's no square that says giant button, you know, by default, 25%, which I have seen now at a lot of places, again, places with point of sales that... I don't think three years ago we're getting tips regularly at all and now have a giant 25% button as almost the, uh, I don't want to, well, Kevin used the word before the earlier, the default tip. <laughs> yeah. So one of the places that's taking this approach is Turkey and the Wolf in New Orleans. And it's, it was a while ago. Like it was definitely at like the height, yeah. the height of the pandemic. They, were they made a pretty bold announcement that not only were they uh, instituting a 20% service charge in order for them to be able to pay their employees better. I believe they were actually outlawing tipping. Um, and, and then this, this is the way we want our business to work. We want you to pay the, you pay the price, but we're not going to construct this in such a way that you know the onus is on you the customer to decide some arbitrary percentage of your your check to give to the staff and and like the the parallel that this keeps bringing up in my brain is what's going on in college athletics right now nil money is allowing athletes to make some sort of you know financial compensation from you know, uh, licensing out their name, image, or likeness to brands, essentially. And, and you, it comes in many different forms. Uh, my personal favorite is when, like, the entire offensive line of the University of Arkansas football team has, like, a, you know, a barbecue sponsorship. Um, and that's all well and good, but, like, at the core, the problem is still there, which is that they're not being paid by the school. And so the school is still shunting off the responsibility to pay these employees. And and I'll just make it clear that my personal stated position is that they are employees and should be compensated as such. Like they're still getting to push that off onto third parties. And so like, I think this is the same thing. Like it, it is unquestionably a good thing that we are, are using you know, technological advancements or, and capitalizing on, you know, a, a really crazy time to make it easier and more frictionless for people who work in the service industry to 
get their money, but like pay, I pay your fucking people. Well, and that was the question I was going to ask. So the Turkey and the wolf scenario that you've described, Mm -hmm. um, in this one where it's like, Hey, we're adding this, this service fee. Um, which you can't, which you can't avoid. If you want it, if you want to have, if you want to have their product, you also have to pay a service fee. What what is the difference? And and Kevin, I would be interested as is maybe you haven't seen this like built in as much. Would there be a difference to you if that was built in the prices and they said something up at the top that was like, you know, we pay our workers a living wage. Um, and our prices reflect that versus like you pay the price for your burger and then there's the service fee in there already. I, and maybe the, the control factor is there is in both situations. They say any, anything, anything additional tip wise is appreciated, but not expected. And, and I'll, I'll jump back in for a second and, and clarify because I, I rehired the intern. I was mistaken. They do still allow you if you are so inclined, you can still tip above the service charge of turkey and the wolf but they make it very clear that you are not expected to in any way yeah i think that to, to me so you're asking if it's a, if to me it would make a difference if it was built in it, yeah, versus just it, assume yeah yeah because i think that the the end statement that they're theoretically making is is like we we compensate our, our folks would you be more if you saw a burger that was 18 dollars versus whatever $12 would you be like whoa as opposed to a $12 burger plus well in that uh, case the price is more than 20% so I would be not I, into that but you know well math is not is not my I'm not here for for the math but but yeah well so I, well to me I, I'm more okay with that because um and this is perhaps a bit of a, a logical fallacy but my, my idea behind tipping is that you are tipping the service and so I don't like the expectation that you kind of tip the same amount regardless of how good the service is. Where if you just tell me like, this is how much it costs and this is how much we pay our employees, then that takes any amount of like decision-making from me in my view of the service. Yeah, you're less tipping as much as you are supporting a, a, like a cause at that point. You're like, yeah, I, I do think people should be given a living, but, living wage. But also if we're being I, logical and does it make sense to, uh, to tip me a server who brings you a ten dollar burger significantly less than sean a server who brings you a forty dollar lobster roll at the same restaurant no absolutely not (laughs) no no one ever i think thinks that that is something that makes sense which is but it's well it makes sense in the sense of you're putting the onus of your customers on you're putting the onus of paying your employees onto your customers and so then at that point you charge the customers that spend more more money (laughs) Yeah, well, in this in this scenario, Sean is Bryce Young and you're Brennan Armstrong. So, like, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, you know, right, right. Bring it, but discuss. the 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 flip side of that coin, though, Kevin, is that uh, you then are are leaving o- you're leaving open the potential for you know vindictive people to uh, abuse this by deciding that because I didn't like my restaurant experience the people that worked at the restaurant that night don't deserve as much money and i I don't know that feels that feels kind of shitty to me and and like i don't i don't have any doubt that the vindictive people exist because yelp.com 
exists and is a, a perfect and complete repository of all of their thoughts. Well, and right. Well, that's why I'm, that's why I'm wanting the wanting it to be built in because then there's no yeah. like guise of like oh you're doing it based on the service. It, and, it just and, like it makes it more clear. Yeah. And look, the part of the reason I think that this exists, especially at the place in Atlanta, is because all of their ordering. I mean, they basically opened during the pandemic because all of their ordering is through an app and like people bring stuff up to you and you don't order from them but they're still like you know taking your stuff away doing all the other tasks you're just not ordering directly with them because i think they also have limited staff the reason that they've had to implement this policy is in part because of those terrible people that are like oh you know it's really easy for me to to run out on a check because i am not ordering from a human and i have to be sympathetic to that aspect of this is not only maybe the the good thing of getting people to a minimum wage and doing that in a way that is theoretically more equitable um, in that, you know, this is getting across the board for all the checks and is maybe getting split some as opposed to person to person. Um, but, but also, uh, you know, having all this impersonal kind of interaction to get your food and stuff like that of late, like there, there kind of has to be some kind of change as people get used to that, I think. Mm. I can I can sort of get my head around that. Like, I and I think there are still I think there are still avenues in which the the tipping system as constructed does work. Like the the automatic gratuity for parties of a certain size. Like that makes perfectly logical sense to me. And I, I've I've seen it because I've been looking to make restaurant reservations for when we're all on the road in a few weeks. And like, yeah, once you hit a certain threshold on party size, like you have upped the degree of difficulty and the amount of work that's yeah. necessary to right. service that table and, and provide that experience by a great deal. And so like, you know, I, I, I think that's actually, I, now that I'm saying that I'm realizing this is, this is an example of taking the ball out of the customer's hands. And so, yeah, it, it all comes back around to like, the more we take this ball out of the hands of the customers to be, required to determine the amount of money that their servers get like the more i think that's a good thing and i do wonder who is is driving this though because i think we've established that we are we are pro people in these services service industry being compensated more but we're not saying institute these these automatic policies even though we're engaging them i also don't think and max maybe you'll hit this I don't think it's the owners of these businesses because they are adding a fee as opposed to just baking it in into their their prices. Um, you're saying it, it's not the owners that would push this because they don't uh, yeah, want who, to add a who, fee? Who is, who is saying like, hey, to to this establishment is go who is who is promoting that this establishment moved well, to this model and that's the tricky thing i think we're all suggesting that we'd like it but i don't think the owners have an incentive because it's going to make mm -hmm. the menu appear more expensive than competitors which is a lot of times how people are looking quickly I, and the I, other thing is you're, I, I you're making the is. assumption that the service employees would be paid more where i don't know that that's actually a safe assumption if you baked in 20 percent, i actually think the the average well Totally, I shouldn't say average. Totally it depends on the on the place. On but tax or twenty percent. Well, it depends where you work. That's the thing. It depends on the restaurant. I wouldn't be shocked if this restaurant that Sean mentioned in New Orleans. I wouldn't be shocked if 
if the servers there make less than at competing restaurants. Maybe there are other benefits they get. Maybe they get the benefits of a full-time job, like healthcare, which we're not going to get into, which in America is you often get through your job. And I'm telling you, service workers don't often get that. Um, well, I guess now maybe if the place is big enough under the ACA, they have to. But there's there's other benefits. There's there's paid time off. There's there's benefits that, that a lot of people get and take for granted through their jobs that, that service workers are not historically accustomed to and i think you'd have to change a lot to to change the way they get paid so my uh, my slight counterpoint to to some of that is that i i don't think that saying we apply a 20 percent service charge makes the menu look more expensive actually baking it into the listed price would absolutely make it look more expensive and that's why yeah. i think this actually <laughs> oh, is yeah. something that owners are probably driving somewhat because it gives them a chance it's a it's a PR move to to a certain extent. It lets them look like the good guy while they are still pushing the burden off onto their customers, as opposed yeah. to say dipping into their profits. But I, you know, I... well, Sean, this is this is not unlike what is our issue with buying concert tickets. It's not the price of concert tickets. It's the additional things so that the real price of the concert ticket is hidden. Same thing with hotels. I've been looking into mm -hmm. booking hotels. You know, all Airbnbs, Airbnbs and stuff. It's like, just give me the price. I bet, I bet I'm okay paying it, whatever it is. But also, I'm not thinking about those as much as the frequency with which I'm going getting coffee, sure. going getting a beer, going getting a food. That's part of it here is like, we're used to that we're so rigid in in the way we approach well, it the, but the other part of this is that in terms of like what what service industry people benefit from this like i i totally agree i i think it's a it's an ironclad fact that this would sort of it, it lowers the ceiling on what you know on what like a tipped server can expect to make but like I don't know. I, th there's part of me that thinks if we're if we're raising the floor, I think that might be good enough. I think I think that might be more important than than keeping the ceiling high. I I don't know. M maybe that's maybe that's the wrong way to look at things. Like you know, we don't exactly love uh, restricting people's earning potential in this country, but like you know, I. The, there is the issue here of like if it does cause behaviors to change mm -hmm. and essentially you're adding a 20% fee onto all sold items and <clears throat> items that are sold to customers as opposed to like if you're a coffee shop and you roast a lot and you send it to you know stores and stuff like that is revenue that is not being part of the fee so if you do change behavior they are still going to be now you may not even have that revenue anymore. But that revenue isn't part of your. I, I don't. No, I'm no. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, if we all went to a coffee shop mm -hmm. plus another person, and we all went regularly and like did the normal tip and everything. Yeah. But with that twenty percent change, the fifth person in our group was like, "I'm not going anymore because I I never tip that much. I just get I just get coffee and they hand me a cup. I'm not I'm not doing twenty percent. If enough people start doing that." then even with that 20% add-on, like that may hurt, the 20% built-in add-on 
that is going to eventually hurt workers. I know that's what this is the, like the whole thing people say when like DC tried to do a living wage. I'm I'm I still am pro this, but I'm saying if if it really did catch on that I, much, I I'm see what interested you're saying. On the, the the like, you still have to have that in person revenue to put the service fee on. Is there maybe room for an unnecessarily convoluted system in which, uh. There always is. In, right. In which this this automatic fee doesn't kick in until a certain price threshold. Like for those coffee shop type purchases, like if you're buying a two dollar coffee, like and you I think want it to, be a, and you it want to be, tip a dollar be on that. work. It should be. Are you just getting me a drip coffee? Or are you making me something? Because to me, those are different. Well, that's uh, that's part of this too. Is like I, I think some of this is me being selfish and saying like, my my whole sort of adult paying for shit life, I've meticulously developed a, a personal sort of tipping chart, kind of like you know like the Jimmy Johnson trade value chart. Don't don't fuck with it now. <laughs> a barber, the barber gets five dollars every time. Yeah. At a bar, if you're ordering like you know if you're ordering beers, it's a dollar a beer. Everyone knows this. So it's just for inflation. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Well, that's, yeah, that's uh, God damn it. I'm going to start servers, flipping guess, furniture over. Servers are one of the few people whose uh, salary, I guess, keeps up with inflation. Always. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the bottom line. I think there is a separation here. You talk about, you know, coffee shop workers versus versus servers. I, I, I'm under the impression that, that coffee shop workers are not subject to the two dollar and 25 cent minimum wage as tipped employees but i could be wrong about that um, i think it'd be rubbed in our face a lot more if they weren't but that's just <laughs> i'm assuming yeah um because there's also a situation you know you could be working at a restaurant and you're then which is it's pretty normal i guess as an employee of an industry or a business you're tied to the success of that business but if you're a server getting paid 225 or whatever it is and assuming tips and nobody comes in that day because it's stormy you don't make any money, literally. It, this is, <laughs> you this literally is... make no money. It's not like a oh, you don't make extra. Like you make no money. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and if that's exacerbated by the fact that you've put in this this you know plus twenty percent, like then then it's like well that was virtuous, but but then yeah. but then the owner can be like well I told you this was a bad idea, but you uh -huh. all threatened me with a union, well, so I uh, <laughs> decided to give. At, at the same time, keeping those things separated, like. The restaurant is, industry is a, is a tough one. I, you mentioned the profits, but like most restaurants are not profitable. Yeah. I think 75% of new restaurants fail. Food costs and transportation costs are only getting more expensive. On top of the fact that yeah. going out to eat has always been an expensive endeavor. It's, yeah. it's really expensive to go out to eat. And it's really expensive to go out to eat with a, a, you know, a family of four at the average restaurant in America. And so it's tough to add yeah. costs on top of that. Well, yeah, but I think that's another point that one thing that uh, also kind of annoys me when with this is when people talk about the service industry and the service workers, like they're all equal, like there's not a wealth gap between it within that population too, when there absolutely is. And the, I don't know, the servers, there are servers who are working at places that aren't busy that are probably having a lot tougher time than people who are working at the really nice steakhouse. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Um, we solved it. Yeah. As usual, we, we have definitely solved it. And more importantly, we definitely have not looked like four out of touch, uh, well-educated 
reasonably well-paid liberal white okay. guys from it's a banana michael how much would you tip on it ten dollars yeah. <laughs> yeah sean so you, well, you you said that you think that you might be the most and for me it's like i am there but i also just gave up i'm like look all right there's 20 percent. i'm done Mm. I'll take the peace of mind and not worry about it for. Yeah. I've still got a little little bit of uh, raging against the dying of the light in me. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, maybe maybe we wrap up here and uh, move on from trying to solve the world's problems to uh, having a good hearty laugh at uh, whatever it is that Pierce chooses to apologize to himself for this week because it's Pierce's sorry. Um. So this one I. I've had to apologize to others um, because it's something I was very frustrated with and ended up being, I was being a complete idiot about it, but I would get very frustrated about this. <clears throat> Did you know that there could be thunderstorms in the morning? Did, uh, Did you not? Yes. What I do you mean? What kind of question is that? <laughs> Somehow, I, it, like before, before noon. For sure. so, I, I don't know yes. why, but I really thought until the last few years, like really like the last basically since moving here, there just really aren't morning thunderstorms to me memorably in Virginia. It would rain in the morning, but it but it usually wasn't thunderstormy. And I had no idea that 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 you could have thunderstorms in the morning. No one told me that. I just had in my head. I'm like. You've Weather never been woken up at five in the morning from thunder. No. What? <laughs> I re- I didn't. I, I I didn't. I didn't. And this isn't like when I thought that Slurpees weren't available before noon, because that was my parents told me that so that I wouldn't. That's do smart a of them. <laughs> yeah. So you're apologizing to yourself. Slurpees are only available no, 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 one day a week. Because it really frustrated me. Because there were a lot of occasions. It's one thing if it rains in the morning, but when there are thunderstorms, it's like I really cannot do what I intended to do. I, I can assure you. I was very frustrated you, here. I can assure you. It didn't frustrate you more than it frustrates all of the people who are now learning that you didn't think thunderstorms could happen in the morning. Yeah. But what? I tip. But I tip. It could be worse. <laughs> That's this um, is incredible. No, but like, it's just it's just one of those things that like weather is strange. We don't know why tornadoes happen or like we, we can't predict tornadoes in the same way we can predict like you know, hurricanes to a great degree and, and everything else. I understand weather is weird. So I just thought, oh, wait, hang it on. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, wait, what are what are hurricanes if not big-ass thunderstorms? Uh, are you, do you think that well, those that's are... A, well, that's a hurricane. It's not a... Do you think, do you think those <laughs> they, they can't make rainfall Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't no, make Stella, sense. No, Stella, we can't like, go in until noon. Like just, local regulation. Just wait until we're all together in New Orleans in the late summer. <laughs> well, and that's what I'm saying is I moved to Atlanta <laughs> and I experienced them and I would get very upset. And then there had to be a discussion in my household about like, wait, why are you so upset? sorry? What did you, you got upset about the existence of the thunderstorm? I just didn't. I just didn't. I, I didn't get it. I wasn't used to it. I, I hadn't, you know, really experienced it. I'm sure there are plenty of places you know, around the globe where there just really aren't that uh, there aren't thunderstorms that often. And, and they might also be like, yeah, they don't happen in the morning, but it's, it's, you know, I never spent more than 30 seconds thinking about it. And yeah, you know, so that's on me in, for, incredible. For, for no reason. Absolutely incredible. 
but now I know. And uh, I will. Anyone who asks if I see someone frustrated about a morning thunderstorm, I'll be like, well, you know, it's because they can happen in the morning. Don't, don't say that to people. Don't don't say that to people. That's that's how you start getting people, you know, wondering whether you're you're fit to to take care of children and and pets. Well, th- then I don't have to worry about anyone asking me to babysit their child. <laughs> so, oh god. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's let's move on and and do a big idea from pop culture. Um, we're we're recording this two days after the airing of the uh, series finale of Better Call Saul, and holy god, it was good. Um, it was a a, a perfect perfect plane landing i think uh, for that series uh so that's that's kind of been monopolizing my uh my brain for the last couple days but i am also now embarking on a quest and specifically that quest is to answer a question that someone asked me that i sort of never really had an answer to and frankly I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of uh being obnoxious and, and having a long explanation for why i don't have an answer to this question my question is what is your favorite song you know there i to me it's a, a little silly and a, a bit reductive but i don't know lots of people seem to ask it and uh, they don't think it's silly or reductive. So you know what? Might as well go on a little little vision quest and, and try to actually, uh, you know, go through all of the music that I listen to and, and see if I can, like, see if I can even find something that I would feel comfortable calling my favorite song. So, like, maybe I'll have something to report soon on that front. Who knows? Does it have to be a specific recording of the song, or oh. or do you care more about like the like there are plenty of songs that are recorded by multiple artists? And so as you're, you're you go on this IP. journey. Are you gonna say like this is my favorite song, like song number four on this CD or album, or is it more like I don't know? Think oh. of any song that Bob Dylan wrote. I'm sure it <laughs> was it was recorded by at least two to five famous artists. Uh, The, I, I think the idea is that it's, it's actual, uh, an actual song and artist combination. Piece of music. Yeah. The, the funny, whatever you call that up, a recording. Yeah. A recording recording. as opposed to a song. Um, but the funny, uh, the person who most recently asked me about this is someone who's like a diehard fish fan and has been oh. has been to more than a hundred fish shows in his. But what's life. their favorite fish? <laughs> right. So like, there's an added layer. It's obviously, Mike. That's the correct. Here. There's an added layer to the question of like, do you mean a specific recording of that song? When it, yeah. the question is coming from a person like that, because you're like, well, yeah. do you mean like down to like which day they performed at Madison Square Garden or whatever? And so it's not quite, it's not intended to be that, (laughs) it's not intended to be that detailed. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm actually for, for the first time in a long time, I'm, I'm kind of interested to, to go on that, to go down that road and and see what I find. So 
You should try to make an ordered list. At That's, least you're like top 10 if you can. I guess you'll probably start with just a list of the songs that pop in your head list, and then try to order them. Yeah, it's, it's not going to... I don't think it's going to end in an order, but I think it's going to end in some sort of list of like, these are probably the top 25 and this is the the real the you know the pantheon um you should do you should do tiers um and do different tiers and then you should think about it maybe it's focused on uh rock music and then you should uh turn it into this is how i changed the rock and roll hall of fame and then you could call it the big book of uh, of uh rock music um no one's I'll done start, that before with basketball i'll start calling myself jabal abdul magoey <sighs> okay uh yeah if like you didn't that. if you didn't know that uh in in his uh late 2000s book on on basketball bill simmons exposed for like an entire chapter uh that uh when he was a a a, a wee lad in in boston uh the number one thing he wanted in the world was to be black so cool the book, is otherwise, the book is otherwise like good it's just the context since then has has made it worse yeah um so uh we'll we'll now move on because it is time of course for a rolling stone rock trivia question this week gentlemen your question is what do the initials or did i guess it's closed down now but what did the initials of famed New York City punk club CBGB stand for? Is it A, the Central Bowery Goodness Bar, B, Cowboy Bebop Goddamn Blitz, C, Charlie's Big Gobbing Bonanza, or D, Country Bluegrass Blues? C. I'm going to say A. The correct answer is D. The correct answer is indeed D. Mm. Uh, the full, uh, the full name of the club, CBGB and OMFUG. That is, of course, as we all know, country, bluegrass, blues, and other music for uplifting gourmandizers. You know, words, words matter, right? They mean uh, things. I, I highly recommend if you if you the way you learn the uh, the answer to that question is reading the really excellent. Um, please kill me. Legs McNeil and uh, yeah, please kill me. Legs McNeil and uh, Jillian. Uh, I think it's McCain. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good book. Great book. Such a good book. Very, very great book. Um, I'll just okay. sit in last place of the standings for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You've got you've got time. Don't don't worry. Pierce has a bad run in him somewhere. There'll be a series of questions about Enya and Max will get back in the game. We'll get you a question about Porcupine Tree or Metallica or something. I still have a, I I still remember listening to Porcupine Tree in your car on like 395 one time. I don't know why I remember that. <laughs> it's great. Great memory. Sure. Um, okay, that's the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web at www.prettyokpod.com or subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening.
eyes hit me up on the phone, said what you waiting on? Tip hit me up with a twit, said what you waiting on? Diddy send a text every hour on the dot saying when you gonna drop that first nigga you taking long. So now I'm back spitting that he could pass a polygraph. That Reverend Run rocking Adidas out on Hollis Ave. That FOI Marcus Garvey, Nikki Tesla. I shock you like an ill electric field, J Electra. Oh my God! They call me J Electronica. Fuck that. Call me J Elect Hanukkah, J Elect Yamaka, J Elect Tramadon, Muhammad Asalamaka, Rasulullah Subhanawata, Allah through your monitor. My Uzi still weigh a ton. Check the barometer. I'm hotter than the motherfucking sun. Check the thermometer. I'm bringing ancient mathematics back to modern man. My mama told me never.